Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs and to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Want regular updates on moves your competitors are making? You can learn more at startupcompetitors.com. Hey there. Today we're chatting with Sanjay Vora, who's the co-founder of Avestor. Avestor is a real estate investing platform. Real estate investing made simple provides folks like me and you the ability to build our own custom real estate portfolio across a number of pre-qualified investments. Sanjay and I talk a little bit about the founding of the company, growth over the last three years. They did a, a year-long pilot program, went live with the product in a real estate investing product in the middle of COVID. We talk a little bit about that, touch on that in a couple of different ways. Current strategy for growth going forward, a little bit about competition, the product roadmap. We cover lots of uh, topics. Found this one super interesting. Hope you do as well. Find Sanjay and his team online. Say thanks for coming on the podcast and check them out at avesterinc.com, A-V-E-S-T-O-R-I-N-C.com. And thank you so much for listening. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need. Not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Fullstack PEO. Fullstack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies. Not just those core services, but advice and expertise that helps founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find more at fullstackpeo.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Sanjay Vora, who's the co-founder of Avestor. Sanjay, welcome. Hey, Mike. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to join us. No problem. Great to be on. Yeah. Uh, why don't we start with a quick pitch for Avestor? Sure. Avestor is a new platform. Basically, our vision is really to simplify investing in real estate. We're the only platform out there that really allows investors to build a custom real estate portfolio. So think about how you are able to go in and build a stock portfolio, or some people like to build bond portfolios. You really can't do that with real estate today. You can't go and get slices of different uh, real estate uh, deals and uh, build your own portfolio. So our goal and vision is to really build a platform that it makes it super, super easy for investors to transition from some of their assets from the stock market, move them over and diversify into real estate. And then instead of investing in just one single property and throwing all their money at it, instead take slices of a variety of different properties and uh, build a portfolio. What does that actually look like for me if I'm an investor? So when I log into a investor, what am I seen the equivalent of a stock ticker just for a, a, an asset? What, what Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, what we do is uh, we onboard an investor, we create an account similar to the way you uh, would create a brokerage account. Once uh, they join, uh, it's basically a real estate fund. Think of it like a, a REIT, but a REIT on steroids. So standard REITs, the way they work is they allow you to go in there, you put your money in, and then every single investor is uh, given a small portion of uh, all of the REITs investments, and they get parts of it. But every investor has exactly the same portfolio inside of a REIT. Ours is a little bit different where you invest into a real estate fund. Our platform allows the investor to then have the flexibility in the, to select what slices of various investments they want to be in to build their own custom uh, fund. 
So inside of that fund, they have their own portfolio that they can manage and uh, they get to invest in different slices. So we invest in all kinds of commercial. Uh, so we invest in residential debt. We invest in commercial debt and we invest in uh, uh, commercial equity deals such as multifamily, uh, retail, self-storage, etc. And so you would be able to invest in slices of different deals. And behind the scenes, how how is a vester working to make that possible? You do you, are you backstopping? So let's say there's a slice of the portfolio that nobody likes. You guys are covering that portion of it. How does that all work? Exactly. So what we do is we've got a large uh, partner network of uh, syndicators that we work with, you know, of uh, partner platforms. And so what we do is we assess and find opportunities that are good real estate opportunities. The fund backstops and pre-invests in these opportunities, similar to the way REITs do. We've got a whole set of properties that we've pre-invested in. Then when uh, investors come on board, they basically can pre-select from the opportunities and the slices that are available, and they can decide which ones they want to be in. And then um, we continuously look for new opportunities and uh, that to uh, you know bring on board to the fund. And then as new investors come on, they can keep investing in new slices. And the biggest advantage we also have is, for example, let's say a deal exits and you get your money back and all of your earnings back. You can then take that and just invest in a new deal that's available at the time. Thus limiting tax liability, I'm assuming? Uh, absolutely. So the, the what happens is, is because it's a fund offering uh, and the way we're uh, handling it is you're now a limited partner in the fund. And because you're a limited partner in the fund, uh, you're getting all of the, especially on syndication deals, you're getting all of the pass through associated with that. So you each investor gets their pro rata share of profits, losses, appreciation, etc. Right on. Awesome. Paint a picture of current status that can be any sort of vanity metric you want to share, number of transactions, uh, number of investors, size of the team, funds raised, like any, anything that for somebody who's listening will kind of let them know where you're at. So, I mean, we're still pretty new. It's a, it's a new platform. Uh, so we're just getting off the ground. We've got our first fund, which was our own fund off the ground. We've got a full set of investors in there. We've exited probably a couple hundred deals already. Most of them are short-term deals because the longer-term deals uh, usually take about three-plus years to exit. You know, 98% of our deals have been profitable to date. So one of the biggest advantages we have is because we're able to build a diversified portfolio, the risk comes down significantly. And so even on uh, the 2% of deals that didn't go well, the most that the investors lost was about 10 to 15% of principal so far. But it's been very small. Pretty much every investor we've onboarded and uh, so far nobody's losing money. Everybody's making pretty good money. <laughs> and, uh, you know, things are going pretty good for us right now. And so we've not only uh, got the, the consumer direct to investor side going with our own fund, we've had a lot of interest on using our platform because it's so unique from other real estate funds. So, so we're now uh, off looking at, you know, working with partners and onboarding them with their own real estate funds, but you having the ability to now customize their own funds using our infrastructure. All right on. And then at some future awesome date, investors might be able to go across funds or, or no? Is that a big no-no for tax reasons? No, the way we're designing it is actually uh, as investors, uh, once we onboard an investor, 
as there will be more and more funds coming on board, they can uh, basically, you know, look at different fund offerings and then work directly with those uh, syndicators or sponsors of those funds and onboard them. And then from an investor standpoint, it's really convenient because instead of having to go to a lot of different places, just like you can, you know, log into, let's say your Fidelity account and see different funds that you can select from or your E-Trade account or TD Trade, whatever your favorite brokerage is, you'd be able to do something very similar with us in the end where there'll be lots of funds and lots of opportunities to pick from. Investors can decide which funds they want to be part of, join those funds, and then be have a single login where they would be able to see all of that. Nice. When you think of competitors for Avestor, who or what comes to mind? Uh, we look at it as, uh, you know, there's kind of two sides to the offering. Uh, one is really the investor side of the offering. And we see really the traditional REITs as uh, our competitive base. If you think about it, what happens is, you know, when people today say, oh, you should diversify uh, into real estate, the, a lot of uh, brokers will sell them into REITs and say, okay, we're going to put your 5 or 10% of your money into REITs. But with REITs, you don't really get, you know, the investor really doesn't get a lot of benefit from the standpoint of being able to control what properties they're in, control, uh, you know, what they want to do with their portfolio. They just have to put the money in and then, you know, somebody else takes care of everything and decides what they're going to do. So we viewed the traditional REITs as uh, where we're really going after to show kind of a better solution for investors where they have much more control on whether they want to be income oriented or they want to be capital appreciation oriented. We can really uh, allow them to build their custom portfolio. You know, that's kind of where billions and billions of dollars are going into REITs today. We think there's an opportunity where investors get more control and uh, really uh, can they, you know, would they like the offerings and the ability to customize, you know, their their portfolio. I, I, feel like I would be remiss not to bring up COVID and the carnage of the last 12 months and on or, or the perceived carnage on the real estate side. Talk a little bit about kind of your current thoughts on the overall real estate market, whether there's an opportunity there, whether there's a, a, an area to be cautious. How are you guys positioning those investments right now? And for context, for somebody who's listening, this is March of 2021. Yeah, so we were actually really surprised when when COVID hit last summer. We were actually just getting the platform off the ground. We were actually super worried about what was going to happen to the real estate market. There was you know a lot of news articles about you know and projections about you know devastation of the real estate market. We've not seen that, and we probably because of the way our platform runs, we have uh, a very large uh, breadth into all the different real estate deals that are happening. Uh, and talking to a lot of different syndicators and sponsors of deals. And we're seeing that uh, the market is actually heating up faster than we were predicting. Uh, so it, it's gone the other way. And we've seen a lot of sh- a shift happening. And you might be seeing that as well. For example, if you're looking out for a single family home right now. It's really a hot market. I mean, it's tough to get into single family homes. There's a lot of competition, multiple deals going in. The same is actually happening on the commercial side too, where the market is pretty hot. A lot of money is transitioning from the stock market to the real estate. People are putting a lot of money in. And so the deals are, we're being pretty cautious on making sure we're, you know, looking for good deals and good opportunities for investors. But it was very different than what I think any of us predicted uh, in terms of what was going to happen with this market. From a cautious standpoint, I would say investors should be very cautious about what they're investing in, not overpay. 
because of the market and uh, you know how much money is flowing in. And I think a lot of that is driven by the stock market also. Uh, you know, uh, the volatility that uh, investors have been seeing have you know gotten a lot of people to think about, hey, do we want to put you know pull some money off the market and diversify into real estate? And so we're seeing a lot of shift happen already. And so we're kind of just riding that wave. Nice. Sanjay, do you have any key swag items for investor that you hand out to either the team or new investors when they come on board? We were thinking about doing that, but since COVID hit and everything sort of went online. Um, so, you know, we haven't done anything like a swag from uh, because we haven't been on, going to different cities and stuff. We were originally thinking about doing it. But we ha- we haven't done it. Once investors are on board, for example, over you know our investors for Christmas, we did do some uh, we did some uh, customized uh, bags for investors. Oh, nice! Yeah, so you know we just put their names on each bag, uh, like handbags, and we uh, shipped it out to all of them. And we'll probably continue something like that, you know, over each Christmas to whoever's invested, actual investors on the platform where they've invested money. Yeah, that's super cool. I like that. that yeah. I've not heard. I've asked this question now, I, I think about 100 times. I've not heard that one. I like that one a lot. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it went really well because it, we everybody we just put their last name on each bag and uh, they were nice bags. I mean, and uh, people loved them. We got really good feedback from investors for doing that. Well, if you would like to send bags to your investors, you can go out to Fuel Merchandise Group, uh, which is at fuelmerchandise.com and mention startup competitors, get 10% off your first order. When you kind of look forward into the the market, let's say five, six years from now, how much of what you're doing, do you, or I guess talk a little bit about how you think competition changes over the next five to six years. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Is it, are there going to be more platforms like Avestor out there? Will people, will capital still seek the traditional route that it's sought in the past? What do, what do you see changing? I think the biggest thing we're seeing is a transition to investor control. Investors, especially uh, the more sophisticated uh, they get, the more control they want on their portfolio. And I think we're seeing that um, across the board, right? Where people want to be able to put their money in the things that they're comfortable with. So there's two shifts we're seeing happening. One is that all of the money that was out there used to be going into the stock market. If you think about, for example, 401k traditional IRA, almost everybody puts 100% of their money into the stock market. We're starting to see investors get sophisticated and say, why am I putting all of my retirement money just because my broker told me to? Uh, Maybe that's not the right answer. Maybe I should diversify out of the stock market instead of putting 100% of my retirement money in the stock market. So we're starting to see investors get smarter about their own funds, about how they're getting invested, you know, how they're investing. And a lot of them are saying to us, hey, can we, uh, we're seeing a, a significant interest in uh, self-directed IRAs where people are saying, hey, I want to take a portion of my money, uh, retirement money, and diversify it out of the stock market into real estate. And I want to be able to control where I put it. So investor control is a big shift that we're seeing happening in that investors want to have more control about where, where they're investing, how they're investing. And number two is the shift from the equities market to uh, real estate, where real estate's been a very closed ecosystem, right? Very difficult to get into, especially commercial real estate with multifamily apartments, office buildings, uh, large retail centers. People just, investors did not have a way, especially small investors, did, you know, did not have a way to invest. 
So we're seeing a large shift happening where, you know, it, there's going to be more and more platforms out there where people can go and, you know, get on the platform and start making smaller investments into real estate and become part of that. And so, you know, we see the real estate market opening up significantly, similar to, you know, the equities market is today, where, you know, you pretty much can do anything in the equities market, uh, you know, in terms of how you want to invest. We think that's where the real estate market's going to go over the next decade, decade, where, you know, a lot more ability to invest in a lot of different things. This is a quick personal aside. I'm assuming you probably interacted with a fair number of self-directed IRAs at at this point. Is there a platform out there or or a couple of platforms that you guys prefer to work with? Anybody stand out above the crowd there? Yeah, there's there's actually quite a few big guys. I mean, it depends. I mean, there's a lot of self-directed IRA custodians out there. You know, take, for example, Millennium. We work with Millennium, uh, Madison. There's uh, others out there, too. New guys are coming out. We're talking to a bunch of them. But there is a large shift that I think is just right at the cusp that's going to happen as people start getting educated that there are opportunities. Because what's happened here at an ecosystem level is if you look at the big guys like, uh, you know, E-Trade, SD, uh, you know, sorry, uh, TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Schwab, if you go to them and say, hey, I want to invest my IRA money uh, into real estate, I'd love to have a you know piece of a, a property that I could you know invest in. They'll say, that's not possible. You can't do it. You, you know, you can invest some money in REITs, but beyond that, you get, you know, it's your stock market. That's where you should be investing. So what's happened is there's a whole new industry of uh, self-directed custodians that are have come up and they're growing uh, rapidly where they're basically saying, we're going to be the custodians that will uh, handle your IRA money and then you can self-direct it to where, wherever alternative investments you want to go to, including real estate, but you could also do crypto, uh, any kind of alternative investments that are outside of the stock market. And so that side of the industry is growing rapidly as investors are starting to realize that, hey, they have the ability to invest money outside using their, uh, you know, their IRA money. I think for investors that are interested in it, they should, you know, look at, you know, just do a Google search on self-directed IRAs. Or if you're in small business, you can do a solo 401ks as well, which is another thing we support on our platform. And you can invest a portion. Clearly, you don't want to invest every all of your IRA money in you know, one deal, but you can diversify and have a, a better uh, overall portfolio and lower risk. So if I look, which I did before we hopped on this uh, podcast, if I look at your profile on LinkedIn, I see a very strong technology background. How in the world did you become a co-founder of a REIT? <laughs> talk talk yeah. to me a little bit about where uh, Avestor came from and how you and your co-founders ended up here. Yeah, so we all do have a very strong technology background, a lot of experience in the background. Personally, what happened with me was about a decade ago, I looked at it and I said to myself, you know what, I've got everything in the stock market. And, you know, whether it was all of my 401k, my IRA, my standard money, everything was in the stock market. And I just, you know, it was it was giving me the butterflies because I'm like, all it takes is, you know, a major crash and I'm going to lose so much money. So I started saying, okay, well, how can I go invest in, you know, something else like real estate? But at the time, I was just crazy busy. And so I was like, I don't want to just start, you know, buying a bunch of single family homes and then having to deal with renters and managing the properties and all that. So what else can I do? So I, I you know, crowdfunding had just sort of come out. 
there. And um, I started also looking at crowdfunding as well as private deals. And I started learning about that space. And so over the next, you know, seven years about, I invested in a ton of different deals uh, in commercial real estate. And as I did, I got smarter and smarter. And I was really approaching it from an investor standpoint of what do I need as an investor? How do I be successful? How do I diversify my portfolio to reduce my risk? And that was sort of where after I was doing it for a while, I realized, man, there is something, you know, there's a huge opportunity here, which is it's really hard to build a a diversified real estate portfolio. How could we go do it? And it's a very closed ecosystem. The way a lot of the regulations are set up makes it really hard for a a, a typical investor to get into this uh, and start doing it. And so Basically, you know, all of my learnings is sort of where the idea came from was, hey, the real estate market's going to open up and there is a big shift that's going to happen. I want to be part of that wave as it happens, uh, especially with, you know, all the changes in the crowdfunding regulations. That was kind of where the whole concept came from, which is really how to, you know, how to solve an investor problem, which is have diversification in the real estate. I love it. Talk a little bit about when you think about the next stage of growth for the company, how much of that is, you know, adding investors in deal flow. So, so just kind of scaling what you have versus, you know, the next phase of the product or the product roadmap. And I'm, I'm sure this is an, and, you know, kind of, kind of an answer, but, but I'm really interested just based on the nature of your company. I feel like this is the kind of product that you could pause for a period of time and, and literally just focus on growth of, you know, deals, investors, right? Get that flywheel spinning and, and then kind of move forward with kind of the, the product roadmap after that, or are you guys pushing on both? What's the vision there? We're absolutely pushing on the product roadmap. So in the heart of it, we're a technology firm and we're building a infrastructure and a platform that, you know, from our vision standpoint, uh, scales to many, many other funds out there. So we're, we're not trying to, you know, yes, we, we have our own fund that we're bringing on investors. We're learning, uh, you know, what investors want. And we're using that data of our own fund and our own investor base to really define how to build the next generation of user experience and the information that our investors want and how do they want to be able to invest in real estate. So our own funds are, and our investors in our fund are helping us define the infrastructure. But in the end, what we're trying to build is a platform that allows a lot of other uh, folks out there to build their own funds or take their existing funds and start being able to customize them and really just open up an ecosystem where investors have the opportunity, just like there's you know thousands of mutual funds and thousands of ETFs out there that investors can pick from. We see a future where investors, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. For example, take the Austin market today. It's a very, very hot market. Let's say you're an investor in California and you want to invest in the Austin market. Uh, imagine a uh, Austin-specific real estate fund that, you know, an Austin, uh, you know, a real estate sponsor is hosting. And it's purchasing, you know, various properties, uh, you know, single-family properties, you know, multifamily, some land in Austin. And then you can join that fund and get, you know, slices of that pro- of the properties you want. Those are the types of things we think are going to be happening. And we want to enable that to happen uh, across the eco- you know, ecosystem. Do you think that always remains focused on real estate? I feel like part of your answer there might, it might be that it, it's even other places outside of real estate. Is that true? 
the infrastructure we are building actually could support pretty much any kind of alternative investment. But our focus right now is absolutely on real estate. We're, the, the market of real estate is a multi-trillion dollar market, and there's significant opportunity here. And so I want to, you know, at the end of the day, you, you really have to focus. And so while the infrastructure we're building could absolutely go to, you know, other types of alternative assets and building uh, custom portfolios around, you know, whether, you know, it's art or wine or anything, we could, we could definitely support it from an infrastructure standpoint. But from a focus standpoint, that's not where we want to go right now. Got it. I guess, talk to me. So you've been at this for three years. Is that about right? Yeah, so we we went through uh, we went through a whole stage of uh, testing. So we went through kind of a pilot round of uh, testing, and then we started slow, got on a small set of investors, and did a one year pilot test, a uh, full out pilot test, and kind of went through the whole process for about a year. Really got a lot of feedback from investors, understanding what they wanted, and then we launched last year. So, uh, you know, the company is about three years old, uh, but the first two years was really about, you know, understanding investor requirements, understanding their needs and building a platform that actually solved the investor problems. And then we kicked it off last year, right when COVID was happening. So, you know, we were about to go on and start meeting with investors and stuff. And we had to quickly shift our business, just like, you know, every other business has had to shift to say, you know, how do we go do this, uh, you know, online versus, you know, meeting in person with people. So it's, it's been definitely uh, an interesting challenge like everybody's been facing, right? Which is, you know, how do you do the sales process over Zoom or, you know, video calls and convince people to invest versus uh, meeting face-to-face where that's where most people's comfort zone is when they're making large investments. I think in the end, it's been very productive. It's helped us. Uh, we were already thinking about kind of being a virtual company, and this kind of solidified it for us, which said, hey, we can put all the processes in place that, uh, you know, we can meet with investors over, you know, video, talk to them, be fit, you know, and we don't have to be face to face and, uh, you know, we can still do it. And so it's actually been very beneficial for us. Uh, I think um, it's, it was a challenge from a timing standpoint, but uh, I think in some ways it helped us create a foundation of, uh, you know, being more virtual and being able to reach out to investors in other states much easier and faster than uh, we would have done if, uh, you know, we had been doing it kind of the old fashioned way of, you know, going to those cities and meeting with investors. So for you personally, as you reflect on those last three years, what was the biggest challenge in kind of getting investor off the ground and into the stage that it is now? Was it figuring out that initial engagement with investors and fundraising? Was it something to do with the technology. I'd, I'd love, and I'm mostly buying you time to think here by throwing out scenarios, but I'd love your thoughts on kind of like, you know, it, it's hard to launch a company. What for you was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome in this process? Yeah. So uh, ours is probably, uh, clearly every company is hard for, and it, there isn't probably a single startup founder that's going to say it's an easy journey to start a company. I think for us, probably the largest challenge is the combination of our vision was very simple, you know, make real estate investing simple. But what that ends up becoming is a combination of the real estate market, the financial fintech market, because we're building portfolios, and the regulatory market, which the regulatory uh, requirements, which are very complex when it comes to SEC regulations around, uh, you know, investors, around investments, around private funds, around uh, accreditation of investors. 
So I would say probably the toughest challenge for us over the last few years is really threading the needle. You know, how do we go build a platform that meets the user needs, but also follows all of the regulatory guidance and all of the regulatory directions that the SEC has set, as well as, uh, you know, from an investment standpoint, as well as, you know, penetrating the real estate market, which has always traditionally been a very closed market. So I think that combination is probably where, you know, if I look back and say, what's our, what's been our biggest challenges, it's just navigating kind of the real estate aspect of it, the financial aspect and the regulatory aspect all together to build a platform that can meet the investor needs, but also hit all the requirements and compliance aspects of those uh, that we need to hit. And then when you look forward to the next year to two years, what do you think is the new big challenge that you and the team have to figure out? Uh, from a scale standpoint, I think uh, geographic penetration is probably the biggest challenge. Uh, clearly, we're going to stay U.S. focused because the real estate market is extremely large and the opportunity is huge here. But it's really, um, you know, how do we continue to scale the platform across different cities uh, you know, find partners. Uh, we truly believe in a partnership model, finding partners in different uh, cities and different states. The investor network obviously want to go to, you know, a platform they trust, but they also want to give money to people that they trust. And so there's a network aspect that, you know, there always matters. And so really, how do we build a partner network and a sponsored network uh, that allows us to scale rapidly? Is Like any other company, uh, you know, scale is always, uh, you can have a great idea, you can get it off the ground, you can make a solid product, but if you can't scale it, then, you know, you're not going to get very far. So I think for us over the next few years is, you know, we feel like we've gotten enough feedback from customers. We've got the product, you know, where we're reasonably happy right now in terms of, you know, from a user standpoint, we're getting very positive feedback from our investors. But really, how do we go and now scale the business rapidly is, you know, where the focus is. How do you think of customer acquisition today, which I'm assuming in your case means investor acquisition? What do you guys do today to penetrate a new market? Yeah, so there's basically two types of investor acquisition that we're assessing. One investor acquisition focuses on our own funds and direct to investor and getting investors to invest directly in investor funds. But the other part, which is uh, the part we're really focused on, is uh, bringing on sponsors uh, onto the platform. Because if a sponsor comes on, they're going to bring on their own investors. So for us, scaling is really about bringing on more and more sponsors, putting on their own uh, funds and their own uh, deals on our platform. And those sponsors will bring on their own investor bases as well onto our platform. So from a scale standpoint, that's really what we're looking at it, which is, you know, We'll still work on our own funds, but really helping other sponsors uh, get their funds off the ground uh, and bringing their own investors on. Nice. So then behind the scenes, so if I sign up as an investor, I'm an LP. So then I'm assuming you're managing, if I bring my, if I'm a GP and I bring my fund on board, you're managing all of that. Your, your platform is helping me manage all of that complexity. Yeah, if you're in our fund, then we're the GP. But if we're onboarding another fund and you're the GP, we're the infrastructure and services provider. So think of it almost think of it almost like an Amazon stores, right? You've got businesses that are sitting on Amazon's infrastructure. They're their own businesses, but they're using the underlying infrastructure to sell their products. We're doing the same thing, which is we built an underlying infrastructure that a sponsor can put their fund on our platform 
and bring their investors on, manage their investors, manage their deals, manage their earnings, and manage their accounting and taxes and everything else. And we're your infrastructure partner. Perfect. All right, Sanjay, we're at time. If folks want to learn more about uh, Vester, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably the easiest way is just uh, jump onto our website at investorinc.com and uh, you can contact us from there. Uh, that's it. Or you can uh, reach out to me directly, Sanjay, S-A-N-J-A-Y at investorinc.com and uh, happy to chat with uh, anybody. And we're always looking to help folks any way we can to you know get learn more about real estate. So, you know, whatever it is. And if you want to chat with us, happy to happy to meet with folks. Sanjay, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Hey, thank you, Mike. Startup Competitors provides monthly handcrafted email updates on your top competitors. Keep up to date on new hires, marketing activities, events, awards, new product launches, pricing changes, funding, and a bunch more. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.